The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well, thanks. Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the network that you're sure to enjoy called PlayStation Portable. This is a, it's a little different from our most of our shows. This is a, a prayer uh, podcast and uh, a kind of appropriate for today, given our, our content. This was unplanned. <laughs> it's a coincidence. But this is a podcast in which you will receive uh, many episodes, several a day, of the Daily uh, Office, the Divine Office, the Liturgy of the Hours. It's called many different things in the uh, in the in the churches prayer and uh it's been going on for gosh 15 years now that we've had this podcast Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's a wonderful way to take time during your day to say some prayers in union with the whole church it's pray station portable you can find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash psp all right, so uh, well, I want to start off first with a little bit of listener feedback from our recent episode on personal cloud storage. Yes. Uh, a, uh, let's see, I got a comment on Twitter from Yuda, who said, I haven't used every single one of those services, but I highly recommend against using Google Drive. I know for a fact that Google Drive censors files that violate their terms of service, which can be very questionable, to put it mildly, by blocking access to those files. Uh, so this is something that came out in, uh, and thank mm-hmm. you, Yuda, for your feedback. And this is something that yes. came out in the news recently. Um, and just a clarification, if, if your file violates Google's terms of service for whatever that is, whatever the violation is, it doesn't block your access to it. What it does mm-hmm. is it prevents you from sharing it to other people. So correct. So you 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 you're not going to lose your files. Um, what do you guys uh, any feedback on that or any additional on that? It's you know it's it's irritating they're doing this, but you know wasn't it that long ago that there was concern about Apple scanning your phone's files, not even your iCloud cloud files, for certain images that we will not use. Tell say what they are. Right. But, right. Uh, CSAM, I think they called it, but yeah, it. Um, Yes, there was that, and Apple did back back down from that. They're not actually doing mm-hmm. it, but um, yeah, the, the, this is the part of the concern about using cloud services, using storing your stuff in other people's drives. Is they get to mm-hmm. say whether you're allowed to put certain things there, and I mean it's the price you pay for using the cloud in general. I think, in fact, I think most cloud services will will have terms of services as you can't share or store and share out certain things on there. Right. Like nothing illegal and that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. But Google, I, I remember this, Google's terms of service does seem to be a little bit harsher than, uh, than others. So uh, it's true. These are, 
These are similar concerns that you have with Facebook and other social media that you have with yeah. that you hear whenever someone runs afoul of of one political group or another and suddenly their you know their website provider cancels them and I mean there's right. this is kind of going back to there's always a joke uh in the in kind of in security world when it comes to computers the only secure computer is one that is unplugged in a vault mm-hmm. locked away with no one having access to it well, and that's the funny thing. I, I've told the story several times. I knew someone who worked uh, in the White House's um, IT, and they said there are there is a there are these the most highly secure computers are literally stored in a vault, and then when they need to use them, they take them out of the vault, out of the safe, and put them mm-hmm. in this special chassis that that connects yep. to the keyboard and the monitor that is in a special room where no electromagnetic you know it's like this huge like and that's it that's how you make it secure yeah <laughs> can't use the it is probably a faraday cage so you can't do the uh right was they uh, i can't remember what they call it but the, the electromagnetic interference they can read that and stuff like that yeah, yeah it's yeah it was pretty wild the way he described it but uh, so that actually brings to up an, a, a story that i saw recently online um where People were uh, people for whatever reason they had files in their Google Drive that would have a single number in it, probably mm-hmm. generated like a log or something like that. And so the, this person had like this file that literally contained a single line with the number one on it, and got a notice: your file violates Google Drive's terms of service, and you well, can't share it. Well, it's copyright. It's copyright against uh, Sesame Street. One. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to say, I was going to say, what's the matter? There's not enough information in the file for them to read. So they're like, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it Which, is. Uh, it, yeah, it was really I, weird. I find Google, Google drives and I use them for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have enough space. 15 gig is not enough space. And yeah. I don't feel like buying more. And I have. Microsoft Office, so I have a terabyte in OneDrive. Mm-hmm. I end yep. up using that more often. I mean, the Google Drives have their their, their use, yeah. use for me in some cases, but I don't know. Google just plays with so many things, and they have something that's great, and then all of a sudden they trash mm. it. Right. So, we'll be talking about that later too. So yeah, yeah. hold, hold that know, thought. Hold, hold that thought. thought. <laughs> but see, that's one of the reasons why I don't like Google products. Half right, the time, right. because I never know if they're going to be here next week. Yes, right. uh, feed reader, uh, <laughs> uh, Hangouts. Yeah, Google Reader, Google Hangouts. Again, yeah. hold that thought. Yeah, hold we'll that thought. We'll that. be coming back to this uh, this theme very soon. But in general, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's there's some weird stuff that happens with Google Google Drive, and it's it's not my first choice, Judith. Uh, but the, luckily, there are a lot of other options that are out there. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to our main topic, which is uh, this is a story out of BuzzFeed, which I don't, yeah, I don't often go to BuzzFeed, uh, but it's not all listicles anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, they actually have some pretty good, uh, interesting tech journalism. And there's this one reporter, uh, Emily Baker White. I think I, if she's the one I'm thinking of, she was the one who's done a bunch of uh, Catholic reporting at BuzzFeed, like. Mm. Um, Early, if she's the the one I'm thinking of, but uh, she was a, this young Catholic who posted a lot of the Pope Francis memes in the early days of his pontificate, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that. So uh, she, this would be in her her uh, wheelhouse. But the story is what's really important is the story. So the headline is nothing sacred. These apps reserve the right to sell your prayers, which is a bit of a 
it's a bit of a clickbait, but it's BuzzFeed. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but the the point is, is that there are a number of uh, prayer apps out there now called one a popular one that uh, is mostly popular, uh, mainly popular among a Protestant, but uh, it's 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 not specific to any particular domination, but it's called Pray.com. There's another one called Glorify. And then there's a Catholic one called Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all very popular, very big. In fact, Hallow has, is uh, really interesting because it, it's the first Catholic tech product that I know of that really has gotten big backing from uh, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley venture capitalists. They've, they've really gotten millions of dollars, tens of millions from people, including Peter Thiel, who is a very big venture capitalist. Um, one of the co-founders of PayPal, if I remember, or Facebook as well. He was also involved in Facebook. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so the, these apps are big. They're very popular. They have, if you haven't used them, they often have places where you can post prayer intentions. You can be guided prayer, but they also have like a social aspect as well. People can interact. Mm-hmm. Um, they're often people, uh, you have uh, videos like Halo has had, actually Jimmy Aiken has done some stuff for Halo recently. Jimmy, who does Jimmy Aiken's oh, nice. Mysterious World and some other podcasts on the network. Uh, so the the there's a lot of, you know, prayer, religion, faith, as listeners to this podcast can attest, is very important to, to us. It's very personal. And it turns out that a lot of these apps are collecting data on their users and their terms of service allow them to use it in various ways, including sell it to third mm-hmm. parties. Um, so to be clear, most of this article focuses on Prey.com and its policies, its actions. Um, they, 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 Hallow and Glorify are mentioned because their privacy policies allow them to share user data with business partners and government and private entities where it deems necessary. But Hallow, for one, says it has not done that. But it could. Right. And, mm. and in fact, there's she. Uh, the, this author has an update on her Twitter feed where she says that Hallow is actually working on revising theirs to remove that and see. Oh, excellent! Says she says I'm I'm generally excited to see what changes they make. Good, you know it's 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 a concern, obviously, you know. Um, And of course, the the question comes in. You you mentioned Don about how Hallow received that very large chunk of money from venture capitalists, and of course, they're going to want their money back. Right? They don't give that money away because they're feeling charitable. Um, And I, I I don't know. It's it's kind of almost surprising that it took someone this long to kind of make the connections that. That's what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing makes me nervous. Yeah. Because people are honestly trying, especially during the pandemic, to reach out to others and, and form some type of a community and pray together. And they're mm-hmm. being prayed upon. You know, mm-hmm. with the oh, e. good pun. <laughs> okay. <Yep. laughs> right. No, seriously, because people are putting, people think that it's a good idea to put their deepest, darkest prayer requests online, which number one, I would say, please don't do that. But they're doing it. And now advertisers are going to find out things about cancer and other kinds of, of, you know, maladies. And they're going to start putting up ads for them. I I just think it's so insensitive. It's just so Mm -hmm. morally wrong. Or people will reveal things about their struggles with with being faith, you know, with sin and have that monetized by somebody there right. was a, there was an app a few years ago uh, a confession app 
that allowed mm-hmm, you to mm-hmm. kind of uh, do an examination of conscience before going into confession and you checked off all your sins and then it tabulated them for you and gave you with a form. And so you could just read it right off the screen as in, in the confessional. Yeah. And, and I did. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll use this, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to download it, put my phone in airplane mode, fill it yep. out, use it, delete mm-hmm. the app and then turn off airplane mode because yeah. I do not want like I, I don't want my you know that data being harvested by somebody. And and I I think that particular app, the one that you're talking about, it, yeah. it was safe. It doesn't it, it doesn't store a cloud. It doesn't right. you know upload anything. It, it it has no. It does not use your network connection for anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it stores it all locally. Right. Um, now your phone is, is I'm sure most people are aware they're listening. Both Apple and Android do back up your phone to the cloud, which means that mm. data does get backed up to the cloud right. for Apple or Google, but that's a whole nother story. That's not the app doing it. And usually once a day. It's it's so yep. yeah, it's like in the morning or at night. So if you if you delete it before, you know, the the or you clear it out, it should be ah, fine. Right. I felt totally comfortable with that app. I yeah. did. I researched mm-hmm. it before I used it. Uh I shocked maybe more than one priest when I <laughs> Took it into the confession. They were like, "Excuse me, your phone." I'm like, "Yeah, look at the app." Okay, yeah. but yeah. then I know. But then I realize these guys are just not comfortable with it. Right. So it's, I said, "You know what? Forget new. it. It's good. Hey, it's good hey, until I, I get in a, there." I've I've had parishioners do that, and I'm cool. Yeah, that's well, great. That, you're Glad one you in a million. It. Well, he is on a tech podcast, so <laughs> I'm on a tech podcast. Let's 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 be honest. I'm probably younger than most of the priests you probably went to. Oh yes. Right. So. So I was going to uh, read this uh, quote from the article by a venture capitalist who, who uh, talking about these prayer apps, who says of the, the opportunity here, a holy trinity is in place. It isolated people hungry for attachment, religions desperate for growth in an online world, and technology investors searching for the consumer niches that are yet to digitize. And that's mm. that's the thing. Yeah. And and that doesn't sound nice. I'm sorry. Like, no, we have desperate people here and here. And so let's take advantage of that of that desperation. And I I mean, I get it doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be nefarious. Like these people need something and these people need something and we can give them what they need. And that right. that's being in and of itself is not bad. But there are a lot of bad people out there who yeah. are willing to do bad things. So I, I society, society will take advantage of. Right. And right. that's the whole thing. And yes, religions, organized religions are looking for a way to use the online niche as part of their evangelization. I know it's one of the things I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to find something that you can actually use that doesn't get compromised, you know, in some way, shape or form into another and then turn your people off. Zoom is starting to turn people off in, in my world. Right. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to do Zoom anymore. They're even burned out it's on safe. it. Yeah, even though it's safe, yeah. still safer right now to do it. I'm having a meeting tomorrow night in-house, in person, because we're all sick of Zoom. <laughs> right. You know, and even when it's not, um, even when it's not, what am I trying to say? Even when it's not um, nefarious action, sometimes it's incompetence, which is right. that the, uh, the poorly programmed apps is what I'm trying to think of. Like, so mm-hmm. they've got all of this data and say they're not going to, uh, you know, give it away to, you know, or sell it. 
but they store it in the in the cloud in the clear that anyone can find. And, and mm. they give an example of that in the article of, of some user data that is accessible. And it's like mm, that's like so like if my diocese or my parish pro- had hired a programmer to program an app, I'm still going to feel a little awkward because how well did they program it? Do they have the systems in place to make sure mm. that it's secure? You know, that's a, that's where security research mm. and security researchers are so important. You need people to be digging into these things, to, to do mm-hmm. audits of these. In fact, they talk about someone who did a security audit on the Prey.com app, and which is how they found out the problems. Mm. Um, this is important stuff. And, like, I never knew, the article tells us, that BibleGateway.com mm. is owned by Rupert Murdoch and News Corp. I'm like, I just thought it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I just thought it was some, you know, Protestant guy who really loved the Bible who set Mm -hmm. up a website, but no, it's News Corp and they use the data. Anytime you do, anytime you do a Bible search on Mm -hmm. any of the search engines, it's always the first option. Yes, that's it's true. Always yeah. a first option. So it's one of the oldest. It's websites yeah, for it the Bible. Oldest. It's out there. It's been out there. Only, so it's SEO is great. It's like IMDb. It was it was the place to look up information about movies and TV shows. So Amazon mm-hmm. bought it, and so uh, News Corp sees a option. You know, a, a great option there, and bought oh. it up a Bible Gateway. It's. I'm not saying I, w- I wouldn't use it. I'm still going to use it. It's still a useful way to cut, to look up a Bible verse quickly. But, uh, you know. Do I kid? Does it bother me that News Corp knows that I've looked up a Bible verse? Not particularly. No. Depends on no, the I, Bible I, verse, I suppose. <laughs> I'm going to say I, I am going to say, however, that the article is a little bit misleading on this because I just did some real quick research. Uh huh. Bible Gateway was was like kind of a you know a, a guy's basement project for a while. Mm. Was bought by Harper Collins. Harper Collins Christian, of course. Oh, Harper Collins, okay. big mega oh, corp mm-hmm. publisher. Yes, Harper Collins is owned by okay. News Corp. Okay, okay. So well, it's not like News Corp went out and bought Bible Gateway. Right. It came with the Christian group, or right. they bought the Christian group, and the Christian group bought Bible Gateway. So okay. just just get that out there as kind of a disclaimer of the article is a little. They're kind of missing a step in explaining how News Corp owns but it. So the one thing that's still true is that News Corp has something called News IQ, which tracks mm-hmm. users across all of its various uh, mm-hmm. online places, and yep. and thus if you use Bible Gateway and go to any other News Corp owned within the News Corp umbrella. It will track you across those and match up the the information from all of that usage to create Gee. a dark profile or shadow profile of you. Where on earth would they have gotten that idea, Facebook? Um, <laughs> well, they're all they're all doing it. That's meta, the thing. Meta. I know. <laughs> now, there's one guy quoted in the article at the end, uh, um, Marcus, a Bible Gateway user who teaches tech to a high school student, said he doesn't want to be the product for any company. And I'm sorry, Marcus, but. It's it's one of the oldest truisms in the book is if, if you're not paying for it, you're the you're not the, mm-hmm. the, the customer, you're the product. I mean, yep. so if you're using something for free, then you're then you're not you you don't have a right. Like, I don't think you have an expect a right to expect that you are not having your information collected. Now, you may have a yeah. right to, to an expectation to not have it used in various ways, but you have to assume it's being collected. So if you don't like that, go to Logos and buy their product or Verbo, right. which, you know, they have inexpensive products and they've sponsored the this podcast in the past. Uh, so it's for in the interest mm-hmm. of full disclosure, but uh, they have but their products are not 
free and they no. they they are worth the the money you pay for it but they are they do cost you know some of their products cost a lot of money because they give you a lot a lot of money yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, so i've you know I've been on, I've had Verabum for years now. That's why I'm not on Bible Gateway anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I have that product. But still what, what bothers me with this whole thing, and I guess I don't think we Catholic or Christians corner the market on naivete, but Hmm. we have a lot of people using sites like this who have, who probably this is one of their few um, contacts with the internet. Yeah. And they're Mm -hmm. not savvy. And they're, you know, they could be giving more information out than they should be. That's a big thing is we need to educate people about how much you've got to be savvy. You've got to be careful about what you say anywhere online. There are no Mm -hmm. there are no places once you're online. There are no places where you have where you can safely assume Mm -hmm. that what you do or say there could never get out. I mean, it's just it's a fact if you use the Internet. You're 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 spraying information out there, and it can be mm-hmm. it, someone could find it and 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 see it. Now, do you some information? I don't care. I don't care if someone knows that I buy <laughs> English muffins at Market Basket on Instacart. You know, it's right. like I, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> you know, but it would bother me if someone was you know stealing the information on my confession. You know, if I was storing that, right. like I was saying before, mm-hmm. or if I was. Trying to have a conversation about personal uh, prayer, faith-related struggles in a chat room on Hallow, or I don't know if they, if they have that. I, to be to be honest, I used Hallow once. I downloaded it, looked at it, and didn't haven't used it really. I don't have anything against it, but just not something I I got into. But you know, if I if I if I don't want that sort of stuff to be out there either, so. It, we, I think the big lesson is is the big lesson of the last five or ten years, whether it's Facebook and Twitter or Hello and Pray dot com. We need to mm-hmm. be savvier when using these tools. We just we have to be our own guardians of our privacy and our liberty. I mean, not to be too dramatic about it, but yeah. Well, it's interesting that. For a long time, the promise of the Internet, and I remember when this was a real promise of the Internet, was easy communication, easy access to information, easy, you know, everything's out there and it's so easy to get at and you don't have to think about it and you don't have to worry about it. And that was, I mean, that was, again, that was before Facebook was a thing and Twitter was a thing and all these, you know, there was no... No one worried about privacy because if you didn't want it out there on the Internet, you just didn't put it out there on the Internet. Right. It's that simple mm, right. because no one was harvesting it, you know, and stuff like that. Well, that's changed and that's changed dramatically with the social media, with these megacorp conglomerates that are you know, buying up all this data. The fact that all this data is so easily stored and consolidated and even if and the data doesn't yeah. in match, it doesn't have your name, but they can still build a profile on you. And that's that's one thing the uh, mm-hmm. the movie The Social Dilemma the yes. talks about so clearly is mm-hmm. even if they don't have your complete data, they can still build a very accurate picture of you based off things like this. Right. And see, social media, for as much as it's something that that was supposed to build community, has pretty much given the license to people to say whatever they want, how Mm -hmm. appropriate or inappropriate as it is, 
and people live on social media. So their life is not complete unless they're looking for likes, unless they're looking for attention, and yeah. unless they're analyzing every single tweet that comes out of Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, well, look, yeah. I mean, you can say what happened this week with his retirement. He didn't mention the Patriots, and now a whole Patriot nation is up in arms. Well, you one know, thing, so it's, yeah. it's, 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 oh, he it's, retired this week. I missed that. You, you missed that, huh? It was in the middle of the blizzard. They're calling it the Tom Brady blizzard. Um, no, but it's, it's just that it's given people permission to think that it's okay to say everything mm-hmm. or put anything out there and not understand that there are repercussions. This is how cancel yeah. culture got started. I'm very careful about what I say online. I censor myself all day long. Me too. I, you know, the, I, mm-hmm. I used I, I've been putting stuff online for 35 years, probably yeah. longer, 40 years now. Um, and 20 years ago, I had I started a Catholic blog, and I got pretty well known for it, and it was out there, and I I opined on everything out there. But about uh, say 14 years ago. I I dramatically cut back on the sorts of things I would say in public and maybe mm-hmm. 10 years ago, five years ago, six years, seven years ago, I guess even more so I'm, I'm much more reticent to be vocal about controversial things because it isn't worth it to, mm-hmm. you know, who, what, what, mm-hmm. what's the point? Like why? Uh, so I got my opinion out there, you know, there's, there's a, bi- a billion of them and the only thing that can happen is bad, frankly, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I talked to my mm-hmm. wife until she, tunes me out and that's that's about it <laughs> you know well, and it, there, there there was a there's a blogger and a catholic apologist who sadly has gone kind of off the deep end in my opinion but he, one of his taglines on his blog was that no thought of his should ever go unheard again right mm. and it's like that is the worst approach yeah there's a lot of thoughts that we have that we should immediately go why did i think that <laughs> yeah I used to say I started a blog to uh, so they would stop yelling at my TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it it is a mindset that's not out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing I'm, I'm thinking about all this is we're talking about these dedicated prayer sites and these dedicated spirituality sites. Facebook has prayer requests now. Oh, I didn't see that. And I've who heard about that. would actually? think that's a good idea well apparently someone because they added it looking probably at sites like these and went this sounds like a great idea because people will give us more information it's a niche we can exploit just like that mm-hmm. venture capital yep. now i've put prayer requests on facebook to my friends Me too. absolutely but i wouldn't use a prayer request feature because that just is it it's facebook it's it just sounds creepy mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like yeah i, I you know yeah no no no, no. i don't want to do that I, I, t- I run the page for my collaborative. Mm-hmm. I'm very careful what goes on there mm-hmm. because I've had to, in other collaboratives and other parishes, I've had to like, you know, stop the wars, right? you know, between people saying you can't say that to other people. It's like, folks, I don't want Facebook involved in prayer at all. Right. <laughs> right. So I think, um, th- there's a quote I want to sort of, uh, wrap up with here. Uh, and then some I want to say about StarQuest and our use of data, mm-hmm. but but uh, there was a quote that said experts worry that the profit motive underlying engagement tactics ripped right from social media's playbook can distort the religious experience and make religious apps susceptible to the problems that plague social media platforms, including 
filter bubbles, political division, and privacy violations. That goes right to what you were just saying, Joanne, about your parishes and collaboratives mm-hmm. Facebook pages. We, we, th- there's, we don't want all of that junk from social media that's in, it's in the rest of social media to fill up our prayer spaces. And it already started, yeah. Duke. I mean, it's Catholic, already there. Catholic Twitter, Catholic Facebook is often full of this sort of stuff. Um, we, we need to push back and push it out of the space. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what I wanted to say about SQPN is SQPN does not collect or sell data about its listeners or website users or social media users. We will never sell your data. We will never, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, we've had it, people look to buy our mailing lists and stuff like that. We oh, do, yeah. We, that, that, is, that is a personal uh, principle of mine that we will not do that. We will not, I don't want to violate that trust with, with, the, with people uh, for StarQuest. So that's not going to happen. And we don't, you know, we collect, you know, data about downloads and that sort of stuff. And, but we only use it internally to look at how we're doing <laughs> because we don't, we don't have a whole lot of other d- analytics to help us figure out how we're doing. And it, it's highly anonymized. We have no idea who it is that actually downloads. Right. We can't see that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, of course, if you go to PlayStation Portable, as Dom promoted at the yes. beginning of the podcast, we don't know who you are that's using it. Right. You can we're download We're just glad that. you're using it. You can, yeah. We're you just glad you're using it. Pray all those prayers all you want, and we'll never mm-hmm. know you did. We just as know it should be. that every month about 150,000 of you um download the prayers in total in total of 150,000 over over the whole month uh the the prayers for PlayStation Portable and that's it. <laughs> so yep. Go go pray that and way. That's, that's a good awesome. thing. That's a good thing. And that's a good thing. Yep. Awesome. All right. So, before we move on to our next set of topics, I wouldn't t- want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology and we we also know who our patrons are, but uh, we we only reveal your first <laughs> name and in last initial, unless you tell us not to. But uh, we want to thank this week, Eric D, Caitlin F, Ann R, Matthew D, and Gregory F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Yeah, I, I want to add that we do actually have had people say, you know, I want to stay anonymous. Don't even read my name uh, in initial. And we honor that. So. Uh, but we we do want to show that we're grateful as well. All right, uh, let's move on to some headlines. This was the one that uh, Father Corey was hinting at earlier. Um, yep. The headline is: After ruining Android messaging, <laughs> Google says iMessage is too powerful. Wow, Ars Technica, how do you feel about this? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have to be, I, you know, I'm I'm very clearly the Android fanboy of the bunch, yes. but um, uh. Yeah, Google, you, you don't have any room to talk. Yeah, Google Plus. And, you know, because yeah. they've had, yeah, they've had Google Plus, they've had Hangouts, which Meet is a derivative of that. Yes. I mean, that really, they took it and they rebadged it, Meet. Um, they had they have Google Voice, which they've done almost nothing, nothing with. with. Uh, yep. They've had many other options. I mean, the the built-in Google messaging app, the, the standard SMS app, it works. It mm-hmm. works fine. There's a way to do it where you can read it online through your phone, but. Google, yeah. if you're really worried about iMessage, how about you spend some of those trillions of dollars you have and make a competitor to it that well, wipes it off the face of the earth? Well, they've had, they've, they've I mean, what, Google Duo, Meet, uh, I mean, they, they've had 
multiple Google Buzz. They've had multiple messaging services at the same time. Um, yeah. All right. So let's back up and go to the to the where this all comes from. The Wall Street Journal mm. had an article at the beginning of January talking about how uh, this Apple has created a walled garden. Sure. Why? Why not? Among U.S. teens, uh, the, the iPhone is, I think, 80 something percent of teens own iPhones. And they, part, mm. they say part of that is social pressure to not be a green bubble because the you know if you if you have a iphone or a google phone um on an iphone everyone who's an iphone user shows up in the messages as a blue bubble everyone who has a non-apple phone google you, you know android phone obviously uh 99 of them is shows up as a green bubble so you know the regular mm -hmm. sms and you you know you don't want to be uh, a green a bubble person. In fact, uh, Jack Barazzini was just telling me he switched a few months ago from uh, an iPhone to an Android phone. And he just told me the other day he switched back because his family pressured him to not be the green bubble in the family. Like they didn't want to message him. Oh, as a, see there. As Google's people. right. Google's right. <laughs> but the, the, the main th the main reason is uh, for a lot of people is that you don't get all the features. Like there are all these cool, awesome features that you can get with the, in an iMessage thread that you can't do when it's mixed. And so Google's answer is, oh, well, you know, um, Apple should start using RCS, which is a, a newer uh, texting standard. So the original was SMS, short messaging system. Mm -hmm. And now this RCS, rich communication services. But this isn't a new standard. This is from 2008. So it's 14 years old. And yeah, it has a few features like it. It'll show the three bubbles to show that people that some the other person on the other side is typing. Yeah. That's the thing you only get from when you're within your own messaging system uh, and that sort of stuff. But it also lacks things like, you know, end to end encryption. That would be kind of nice. <laughs> or messaging on non phone devices like, uh, you know, an iPad or a PC or something like that. So it, it lacks some stuff. And as Ars Technica points out in its headline google when it comes to messaging systems google doesn't really have a leg to stand on to criticize others yeah. frankly as we were mentioning well, well I'll, I'll be honest when you second you mentioned the, the the three dots to show that someone's me, uh, was typing yeah that actually makes all the argument not to use iMessage. <laughs> i hate that it drives me up the wall because I, you know yeah. someone types one letter and then they stop and it just sits there and it still spins, keeps and going spins. yeah because I, you know, you, you use Facebook Messenger, which I do use for some people, uh -huh. and yet I'll do that. So and so is typing, it's, spin, spin. So you're just spin, waiting for them spin. to send a message instead of going on the rest of the, with your day. And especially, yeah. And especially when you just sent them a message that are they going to be upset about what I just said? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, there was a TV show recently, and I I'm, I can't remember what it was, but it used that so effectively as part of the drama. Of the show mm -hmm. where they, they send a, a a very dramatic message to someone and then you get the, the three bubbles pop up and they and he sit, and the person's sitting there waiting and then it goes away. And and it really conveyed what the action of what was going on without using any words. It was actually really yeah. effective. I have to say that mm -hmm. that was really it was really good. I can't remember what it was. My problem is that I do have friends who are not in the wall garden experience. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I'm on a group text with them and I'm on my iPad sometimes, it doesn't go through. Yeah. 
I'm trying to text people. And this is now I'm the iPhone person and I'm frustrated Mm -hmm. with the fact that I'm trying to participate in this group text and half the time my stuff isn't getting through to the green bubble people. Yeah. You know, I can text the blue bubble people without a problem. They're getting my stuff, but the green bubble people aren't. It's it it drives me to other things like WhatsApp or, you know, because I'll be honest. And that's that's one where Apple needs to fix that problem. Well, I think some way that it can, you know, and that that's because it's either they make it so that I as an Android user can use iMessage or an iMessage compatible app. Right. Or. They make it so that, you know, if, if they're going to promise messaging from your phone, your tablet, your PC, your, your Mac, they need to make it all the way. But see what they're and their biggest argument that the pundits have talked about over and over again is the fact that they give that if they give iMessage away to yep. Android users, it won't compel people to buy the phones. I don't care who wants to buy what phone. Yeah. I just want to talk to them. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I don't like people try to dismiss this as you know Apple is, is just trying to get people to buy their phones by keeping messages just for the just for Apple devices, and I say, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course they are. Isn't the isn't that the point of of creating like of of creating features of, of your particular phone and your particular mm-hmm. operating system to get people to buy it? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. And and it's not like there aren't other message services like Joanne. You right. mentioned the in WhatsApp. If you live yeah. outside the U.S., you're probably using WhatsApp already mm-hmm. and letting Facebook have all your information. But you know, or you could use Signal or Telegram or whatever. I mean, you could use other other services, but it's convenient. You know, the messaging oh, yeah. services are convenient, and you know, and Apple says we can dumb it down and make it so that every it works for everybody equally. Or we could give extra features to iPhone users. I mean, I don't have a problem with the walled garden because I live inside the walled garden right. and, and things are great in here and everyone should join us. Yeah, and well, and I yeah. and I feel I feel that way, Dom, but I also feel that I'm the one who chooses to live in a walled garden. Right. I get it. So yeah. if I want to communicate with people outside of the walled garden, it shouldn't be I shouldn't have to jump through hoops. Right. My stuff shouldn't have to break. I, I, right. I do find the 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 fact that I can't that it's it's I can't send messages from my iPad or my Mac sometimes to people mm-hmm. because the it implies the messages app implies that I can. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's right. it, it doesn't come up and say, oh, you can't send messages to green bubble people from your Mac or from your iPad. It implies that I that I that I can. And then when mm-hmm. it doesn't, I get frustrated and and I'm. I'm a tech guy. I know this stuff. I can imagine how frustrating it is for non-tech people. So I, I agree there. Apple has to do better with that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing, actually, I will give Google props for. Um, a few years ago, they set up messages for web. And it's a way that you link your phone with a web, your Google website. And you can do all your texting. As long as you've got an active connection to your phone, you can do all your texting from your from your computer. So I can sit here at my browser and text. Uh-huh. Now, if, if my phone goes offline, if it's, if I turn it off, it doesn't work, mm. but it solves that problem that you you're having with the, yep. the iPad, because that would be, frankly, it'd be trivial for Apple to say, okay, if this is going to, if this is including an SMS user, route it through the phone. Yes. I think, it, I think that should definitely be the way it does it is it should route it through the phone. 
And that way they're not giving away iMessage. They're not, mm. you know, they're not getting rid mm. of their advantages. Um, it's just, it's making sure though the message is getting to everyone because that, that can be a le- you know, legitimate concern if it's not happening. I believe that's how WhatsApp works is even if you use the Mac version of it, it routes it through the phone. Mm. Interesting. There is no iPad app though, however, for WhatsApp and that kills mm. me because yeah. I really need to see something bigger than a six inch screen. <laughs> yeah. This is Facebook. Come on, Facebook. All right. Uh, let's move on to our next headline. The, this one is interesting. There's actually two headlines here and they're, they're related. Mm. Uh, the first headline is felony charges are first of uh, the first in a fatal crash involving autopilot. Now this has mm. to go. This is about a crash involving uh, a Tesla uh, in California. This, this is not about electric vehicles per se. This is about, Autonomous vehicles, autonomous driving vehicles. Mm -hmm. And this guy who's a a limousine driver was driving his Tesla with a passenger. And apparently it it was on autopilot on the freeway, came off the freeway, ran a red light, hit a car and killed the two people in the other car. And now he Mm -hmm. is being charged with uh, felony, felony vehicular manslaughter. This is the first time that that the driver, the so let's say the pilot or the operator of the vehicle right. of a vehicle that was autonomous at the time, or even partially autonomous is being charged with the crime involving in, involved in the crash. There have been other people charged. Like there was a, in Arizona, there was an Uber autonomous vehicle test car that, that hit a pedestrian and killed them. Uh, but there was a backup driver on board and he got charged with a crime for failing right. to stop the car. But that is, that was different because he was, the backup driver. This is about people using an autonomous system uh, as it was designed. Um, and so in this case, what they're saying is, is the driver of a vehicle that's autonomous should be charged with the crime when the, when the, when the autonomous system fails to protect people. Okay. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one side. The other side of this is a report out of uh, England or Britain in which uh, a, a commission's a law commission has said that um, for uh, uh, that human drivers should not be legally accountable for road safety in autonomous cars, that the driver should be redefined as a user in charge with f- less legal responsibility if something goes wrong. And in fact, the company behind the driving system would be responsible rather than the driver. So what do you guys think? Who's at fault here? Who should be charged uh, with the crime? Uh, We've approached this before. Can can we um can we uh, phone a friend, Captain Jeff of the airline pilot guy show? Of course, Captain Jeff was involved with with StarQuest quite a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he he would tell you that if if a crash occurs on autopilot, the pilots are responsible for in it. In an airliner, Correct. right? In an airliner. In an airliner. Yeah. And in my opinion, the same principle applies in a car. You are, if you are the driver in charge, you are the one who holds the driver's license. Mm -hmm. You are sitting in the driver's seat. You are responsible Mm -hmm. for that vehicle, period. Mm -hmm. Even if it's an autonomous vehicle, you know, even if it is, uh, you know, a Tesla with, you know, the latest and greatest self-driving abilities, you are still responsible. That, that, for example, in the case of that limousine driver, the second that car started going off the exit ramp and not slowing down, he should have been hitting the brakes. Exactly. He should have been taking control over from the car. Right. And he didn't. He was responsible. So I disagree completely mm-hmm. with the uh, UK. I think the UK is barking up the wrong tree here. They need to be looking at how autopilot is handled in the aviation world. 
How about you, Joanne? What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with Father Corey. Yeah. Because you can't be sitting behind the wheel, even though you supposedly are not in control, and see something about to happen. That's like if somebody's going to jump off, oh, I'll use somebody, jump off a bridge, you're going to stand there and just watch them? No, it's your moral responsibility to stop the car. Right. If you know mm-hmm. it's going to hit somebody or something, it's your moral responsibility. And or, the car can't yeah. be that much of a tank that you're not going to get hurt. So save yourself at the same time. So what about in 20 years where cars, say, let's say cars are truly autonomous. There's no steering wheel. There's no driver's seat. You're just, everyone's a passenger. Mm-hmm. Still, still the person in the car responsible? I don't, I don't see that happening in 20 years because mm. there's still going to be a lot of non-autonomous vehicles on the road. Maybe in a hundred years yeah, when maybe. all vehicles oh, are autonomous. Let's say when this, when whatever this technology, when, when a car is full, fully autonomous with no driver's, driver's uh, seat, no steering wheel. I think that would have to change, right? I mean, you can't hold responsible the person who can't control the car, right? Well, and, and again, that, that's, a, that's, I mean, that's, or, that's the, or that's do we not let that happen? Get to that <laughs> well, isn't somebody just, going to be in control? Like, uh, for example, if we're staying in the aviation world, the, the folks up in the tower, you know, they have mm-hmm. some sort of control of where planes are going. If you're going to a completely autonomous system, wouldn't there have to be somebody no. watching all artificial of this intelligence. Stu- artificial intelligence? I'm no. never getting in one of those cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Ever. it could be the cars could drive themselves and look out for the other cars. I mean, that it's, it's different from air travel where you mm. need to, you know, and maybe even in the well, future of air travel is like that, too, where it doesn't need the tower. Yeah. But. And they are working on the technology for cars where these autonomous vehicles will communicate with each other and keep themselves out of each other's way. But, you know, and there are also uh, technologies they're developing. They're trying to develop basically, you know, like the interstate highway system we have now, mm-hmm. but it's only for autonomous vehicles. Right. You cannot drive a, yeah. a traditionally driven car on one of those, you know, and, and, and that something like that, I think would be a little bit different where if you are on a dedicated autonomous only lane or road and something happens, yeah. then yes, it, it it's, that's a glitch of the software. That's a problem with mm-hmm. the manufacturer, mm-hmm. but at least as things sit right now. And, and, and again, yeah. I honestly, I don't see in my lifetime, completely autonomous vehicles right. with absolutely no human control whatsoever. I just don't, I don't see, see people being that comfortable point. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I agree. Yeah, I just don't see the technology getting to that point. Well, it's, it's still pretty rough right now. And we've talked about it before, but we still have the trolley problem, which is, you know, how, how, how do you program the AI to decide what actions to take when there is a no win situation, mm-hmm. when you have uh, a, a, a baby carriage on the left and three people standing on the right. And it has to choose which one to hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a human being to make that decision is terrible. How do you make that decision as, you know, as an engineer programming the, the, the computer to make these decisions. Right. And, I don't see that happening. And there's, there's, there's been issues with Tesla's in particular, cause that's the most common autonomous, although there's other manufacturers who are doing the same thing where it actually would choose if it comes up on an accident scene unexpectedly, to hit the emergency vehicle, to hit the fire truck, to hit the ambulance, right? Because by its logic, that was the where the least people were was in the emergency vehicle. Because hopefully they're dealing with the emergency, right, right, and not in the vehicle. Yeah, 
never getting one into one of these cars <laughs> <laughs> ever yeah. so uh yeah so uh i'd love to hear what people think uh, just, uh, let us know uh, what you think about uh, the autonomous vehicle problem and, and liability that that too all right yeah. so let's move on to an easier topic <laughs> Recycling. Uh, so the, there's an article from the Washington Post. Uh, the headline is Recycling Should Be Easier. These home appliance startups are trying to help. Uh, and basically they, they point out the problem, which is that the, the, the open secret about recycling is that most things that are sent into the recycling stream are never recycled. They end up, they end up mm -hmm. in the trash, too, um, which is frustrating if you spend a lot of time you know, separating out your trash from your recyclables and that sort of thing. But this, these two companies have developed appliances because that's what we need in our kitchens is another <laughs> big appliance, but appliances that will break down, clean and separate the various recyclables, mostly plastics and glass. Uh, the two different appliances worked a little differently. One is mostly for soft plastics, by which I think they mean things like plastic bags and other stuff mm -hmm. like that, that frankly, most municipal recycling uh, plants don't take and uh, and the other one does the harder plastics and glass and th uh, th that one uh, uh, pressure washes them so that they're clean then just tears them up into bits or breaks them into bits and then stores them in separate bins and then uh, every once it's full it calls for a pickup and then they send people to come and pick up the recyclables and deliver them um what do you think do you want to get a recycler appliance someday in your kitchen i don't know if i want it in my kitchen my garage maybe <laughs> but no no seriously because yeah. something like that sounds like it would take up a heck of a lot of room right so if it's in my garage It'd next to my yeah, next to my, you know, the panel for my electronic car, electric car, you know, everything else we're going to put in garages except the vehicles nowadays. I think it would be a good thing because it is interesting as one who does recycle that every year they're changing what I can put in my blue bin. Mm -hmm. You know, right. so I keep forget I keep forgetting like, oh, yeah, last year I could put this in, but this year I can't. So, like, if you have something that does it, you know, you know to put it all in and it will separate everything and it'll get to the right place. Right. Fine and dandy and let it reject something that goes in there that in, just in right. case you. Yes. You know, accidentally put it in there. Yeah. That's one of the things they said about one of these products is that it will examine and reject things that it can't it mm -hmm. can't recycle. Yeah, because every year they change it. Right. Around yep. here. So. So when you, when you look at the one that breaks down the, the, the glass and the plastic bottles. Um, it's about the size of a front-loading washer is kind of what it looks like to me. So, yeah, yeah. it's a fairly decent-sized piece of equipment. If you're thinking like a washer, washing machine. Uh, I had to laugh at the other one that it that the article says that it aims to handle single-use plastic bags. And, of course, my first thought was grocery bags, you right. know, the good old plastic mm. grocery bags. And it's like people have been recycling those for years. How many people's houses had the little sock where you stuff them in at the top <laughs> and you pull them out the bottom right. to reuse them? Right. Mm -hmm. But of course, this is talking more about like your uh, your bag that your little plastic bag that um, like jerky comes in or something like that, or yeah. that your food is wrapped Bread in or bags, something like that. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, I you know, and I admittedly, I live in an area where there is very, very little recycling. Yeah. Very, it's not even available, right. really. 
And I'd like to see more of it because there are a lot of things we use that should be recycled, metals especially, plastics to some extent, glass a little bit. Glass isn't quite so bad, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something I would like to see more. And if these things help with that, great. I recycle a lot of paper and cardboard, a lot of, car- like a lot of cardboard oh, yeah. boxes. We get a lot of stuff from Amazon. It's just easier, I think, for a family like us to, we order a lot of stuff rather than go out and buy it at the store because <laughs> going to the store mm-hmm. is a pain in the neck. But uh, so I have a lot of cardboard and I have two. I, so I have a 96 gallon trash bin and two 96 gallon recycling bins outside Ooh. my house, like mm. the, the big, the big ones. And uh, I, they, they get picked up every two weeks and the trash bin usually gets filled. The, uh, although not as much as when we used to have kids in diapers. Thank God that's over. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, recycling bins, I fill one and a half, say, usually. Some, in, you know, there are times when they're, they're both full. So I, it would be nice to have a way to kind of do away with some of that. Now, yeah. as they point out in the article, the best way to do this is to eliminate the, this, the, the packaging in the first place, have less of it. But until manufacturers and shippers, and they, take, they need to do something about that in, from their end. But on our end... You know, I don't know that I want another appliance, but it would sure be nice not to have to cart out a bin of recyclables every couple of days in the winter out to my bins outside. That That is a thing I would like to get rid of. <laughs> I'm waiting for the kids to get big enough to do that for me. You know, unfortunately, we can't completely get rid of uh, packaging, though, until we get, you know, Star Trek style replicators that just... Oh, yeah. Tea, Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> yes. That Until that happens, we're we're always going to have plastic bottles. We're always going to have glass. We're always going to have left some just less of it. I think it would be nice to have less of it to figure mm-hmm. out ways to reduce it to be more efficient with it. And I think that would be a nice thing. All right, let's uh, move on to those are our headlines. So we'll move on to our picks of the week. And uh, Father Corey, you're up first. So for my pick, I'm going to admit one of my geekdoms. You know, we obviously if we're we're talking about secrets of tech, we're, we're geeks. Well, one of my geekdoms is. I still like trains. Oh, yeah. Every three-year-old boy loves trains. <laughs> I haven't grown out of it. <laughs> I still enjoy when I see or hear a train go by. I still love hearing the horn. I still love all of it. I love riding the trains. I love riding Amtrak, especially long distance. Um, unfortunately, where I live now in Cascade, we have tracks that haven't seen a train in 30 years or more. Uh, so I don't get to hear them anymore. So a website that I really enjoy, and it's a website and a YouTube channel, it's, it's live streaming rail fanning, live streaming trains. You sit, and they literally have set up webcams, live streaming cams all over the country, uh, and you can go all these different places. And, you know, places like the Horseshoe Curve over in Pennsylvania, which is one of the most famous sections of track and absolutely beautiful up in the mountains of Pennsylvania. And you can go to California and the desert and Washington state and big cities like you just on their website here, they've got Wichita, Kansas, you know, right on the front of it. Mm. Um, one of the, one a major crossing in Kansas city, they've got a camera where it's like three layers of tracks and they're all three major tra- lines that come together. And so you can sit and watch it. But on their YouTube channel, not just do they have their streaming and they have both live, you know, free streaming and premium where you pay so much a month to to get access to it. But they also stream on the YouTube channel and they'll do like daily or every other day um, snippet uh, videos of interesting things. Mm. So sometimes there'll be like a 
let's say like a military tank train comes through, they'll, they'll snip that in. If there is a derailment in front of one of their cameras, they'll snip that in and stuff like that. And so if you don't want to sit and watch it live, you can watch kind of these little clips, clip shows, I guess you could really call it. Cool. So if, if, if you like watching trains, if you know, and it, it's actually rather soothing to have on in the background too. Because a lot of times, you know, these tracks don't have trains going all the time. So you hear the background noise. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about soothing. When my son was little, when he would wake up in the middle of the night, one of the ways that I calmed him down was YouTube videos of trains. You see, he would yep. immediately look at the thing and he would quiet it down. And, and then I would hold him until he fell asleep watching the trains. There, oh, yeah. There's a, there actually there's other YouTube. This is great because, uh, but there are other YouTube channels I've watched where like there's a guy who just rides the rails and talks about mm-hmm. the different kinds of Amtrak cars and the, and the, the yep. how is this one versus that kind? And this is the new model and the old model. And I'm like, this is, this is awesome. And it's geekery. Like I, I, yeah. I, I kind of like trains too. I, I'm not that deep into it like that guy was, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. It's, it's so, so awesome. yeah. If you like trains or you like just kind of the soothing background and some of them, yeah, like I said, some of those places are just absolutely gorgeous. Oh yeah. One of these days I've, I've always wanted to take a cross country rail trip. One of these days I'm going to mm, do that. My nephew, my nephew would love this. Yeah. Yeah. He's into you, you do it, Dom. You, you go, you take the train from Boston to Chicago and the Chicago to Seattle and I'll meet you in Montana. <laughs> okay. I once, <laughs> I once looked into like going to visit my in-laws in Austin uh, via train and I've realized it takes as long as driving and costs as much as flying. So I may as well fly. <laughs> but, exactly. But uh, there's nothing to substitute. Just riding the rails. Awesome. That's a good one. So Joanne, what's your pick this week? It must be website week because <laughs> my pick is called the streamable.com. It's the streamable is a website for those who have cut the cord and for those who want to cut the cord. It's a great resource. Um, right now I got, I got hooked on it because I believe I heard it on the tech guy. Somebody talked about it on the tech guy and they, because they talk about, you know, cutting the cord a lot and i like to find out things like netflix just went up again so are there other they have an article right now saying there are seven cheaper options to stream tv and movies the problem is netflix has a lot of good stuff right so how do you you know but i think it's good you know it's good for somebody like me who's always looking to find out what's new out there how you know how the prices are working and others who are thinking about doing this and what would it cost you and what is available, um, that kind of stuff. So especially like one that's very timely, too, they have up right now is wet weather coverage online. And of course, they say immediately weather channel. The only place you can get the weather channel now is on Fubo. Unless Fubo TV, it used to be on friendly TV and they I think they dropped it. So now the only place you can get it is Fubo. And that I, I missed, you know, figuring out during the blizzard where Jim Cantori was. Yeah, he, was uh, <laughs> he was by the aquarium in Boston, actually. <laughs> so that's why you guys got all that snow because yes. he was there. Yep. But I think this is a good place for people to, if they're looking to cut the cord, read all the information on here. This is a great place for that. If you've cut the cord, then keep up with something like this because it'll help you like stream the Olympics and 
Well, that's the other thing I noticed about this as yeah. I'm looking at it is you. one of the things you can do is you can enter in the name of a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. or a sport, and it will tell you where you yep. can watch it. Exactly. I, that happens to me all the time. I'm like, I want to watch this movie, but where can I watch it? Uh, you know, and I, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll check, you know, Amazon Prime and then I'll check it here and then I'll just give up and just you know, buy right. it off of iTunes. <laughs> or- yeah, this is this is really good for that. But be careful. I mean, th- you've got to know the different places. Yeah. Something yeah. like an Amazon Prime, you'll get it without commercials. Something like a 2B TV, expect a commercial every five minutes to be the same one. Right. Right. <laughs> so, well, it, it is nice because it will tell you, you know, like I just looked up Groundhog Day because as we record this, uh, <laughs> True. Groundhog Day, it will tell Again. me I can, you know, it's not available on Disney Plus or Netflix, but it is on Amazon Prime Video. It's on Stars, Google Play, YouTube. You can buy, you can stream it in these, you can buy or rent it here. That's, that's great. Yeah. That's great. It's a very yeah. good resource. I like it. I'm going to have to bookmark that. Yeah. It was yeah, a couple of, couple weeks ago, I was trying to figure out what cha- what streaming services have ESPN, and that's actually a real concern because Disney, um, <laughs> and you like YouTube TV didn't have it, but Fubo did, right? You know, and so this would have been nice to have it where you could look on there and say, you know, at this time, you know, the, Disney is throwing a fit with YouTube, and so right. yep, 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 excellent. So my pick of this week uh, is. Also TV related, but mine is more hardware than uh, than website. So I had uh, when the let's see, I have an Apple TV of the not the most recent generation. It's not the 4K. It's the generation before that. It's it, it's, it's mm-hmm. the generation of apps. You know, so uh, I don't have a 4K TV, so it doesn't matter. But they came out with the new Apple TV remotes. And those are much better than the old Apple TV remote. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I ordered one immediately when, and uh, and got that last. I think it was last year when they introduced it. But it still suffers the problem of, of the it's too sleek. It's just, you know, it, 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 it wants to slip out of my hand all the time and get lost. So I picked up on Amazon this silicone remote cover case. Uh, the, it also has a... Um, uh, what is it? A holder. So mm-hmm. what it does is so the silicon cover, it it it's just just like I said, it it goes it slips over the remote and covers the whole thing um, and gives it a nice grippy feel. So you're not going to lose it. Uh, if you look at it on Amazon, I'll have the Amazon link. But if you look at it on Amazon, it doesn't show it, but it also comes with a loop. So you have like a wrist loop. So you can wrist loop it around your wrist. Mm. So when you fall asleep watching TV, it doesn't fall on the couch cushions. It stays attached to your wrist when you wake up and you <laughs> want to turn off the TV. Um, and it has this uh, adhesive backed holder that you can put. I've got it on the side of a bookcase near the TV, but you can put it, you know, this says put it on your headboard or you know, on the back of the TV even, and the it fits right in the in this holder, the the, the uh, remote, and it's so it's always weird. One of the things that complaints I hear about the Apple TV remote is it's always getting lost because it's so small. Well, if you put mm. it away, it's not going to get lost, and that's what I do. I put it away whenever I'm done with it <laughs> uh, because I I'm, I'm t- I tend to lose things. So um, Apple needs to put the U1 chip in it so you can do the you know the AirTag thing with finding mm. it. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. In any case, uh, it's cheap. It's thirteen dollars. You know. <laughs> which you know it's it's i suppose it could be seen as a little bit expensive for a cover for your remote control but the aggravation it saves is well worth it mm. frankly i like the glow blue one 
I was going to say, you didn't get the glow-in-the-dark ones? I, I got a black one because I'm boring. And... <laughs> and, and and what's this? They have one in the shape of an old phone. Do they really? Oh, oh like yeah. Old Nokia. yeah. Look at that. Oh, it looks like an old Nokia on the back. That would be yep. confusing. That would yes, be really would. confusing. But <laughs> hey, if, you, if you're a phone fan, that would be fun. Yeah, but like they have a glow-in-the-dark one, which if you, like, if you lose your remote a lot, that's great. It glows. It'll yep. glow in the dark when you're looking for it. Yeah, definitely check those out uh, and see what you think of those. Awesome. All right. Uh, that should do it for us for this time. We would love to hear what you think of anything we've talked about in our discussion. You can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes on sqpn.com. Be sure to follow Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, in your favorite podcast app, or at the SQPN YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash StarQuestMedia. And when you're there, be sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time. And by, yeah. the, by the way, Dom, yeah. you forgot to mention, happy 150th episode. That's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. I totally yes. missed that. This is our 150th episode and our third, basically our third anniversary somewhere around here. Yeah. We started Pretty in January close. three years ago. Uh, so and with the two of you, I think it was you were the first. Yes. yes. It was us. Yeah. That's right. This is the, we bring the, the, the gang back together again for our 150th. So, uh, yes, congratulations uh, on reaching this milestone. And uh, we have many more shows to do. So oh, yes. until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. And Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.